Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the RAC podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Rap Podcast. Very special editions. Uh, uh, joining me as usual, I've got Jamie, Carwin, and Reese. How are we, James? Oh yeah, you are thank you. Yeah, all good. But we're on best behaviour tonight. We're on best behaviour because we've got a special guest. So uh, joining us this evening is Chairman of the Dragons, David Buttress. Good evening, David. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. It's 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 really nice to actually know that um, someone in your position is actually listening to the fans. If that makes sense, it's quite rare. It's quite quite feather for us. We <laughs> when 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 Jamie said, "Oh, David Brutter said he'll come on," it was like <gasps> you know when your kids at Christmas when they open the present and they go, oh, "Look at that!" It was, it was one of them. So he didn't wake up at five o'clock this morning because that's going to be a real anticlimax. <laughs> 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 but, no, no, it's my pleasure, seriously, because you know, uh, I don't know. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, should it? You know, I think um, if you come from the business world, talking to your customers, if you like, or partners and stakeholders, is probably the single most important thing you have to do. So, I, I understand where you, why you say that, but I think it's incredibly odd that that's the case. Mm, yeah, it is. So, if anyone's listening, if any of the other three are listening, you know. David may have beaten you to it, but you know everybody's welcome. We'll, we'll bang some emails out next week. Um, so, before we start with all the exciting stuff, then what did you make of yesterday's game and uh, up in Astrid? Uh, I suppose. Well, look, first of all, it was like um, a bit of a tale of tale. If you watch a lot of Dragons rugby, I think I thought there was a play. I think we play really good style. I mean, I think we're great to watch now under Die and. You know, we I think we're very easy on the eye. I think we play some great rugby. It's a shame we we wait we wait until the games feels like it's drifted away before we start doing it. So, 
I think, you know, being at Astrid probably disadvantaged us. I think a bit Rodney Parade. I think the emotion, the crowd would have probably got us going a bit earlier. Not making excuses, but I think, it, you know, being at the training ground probably meant that we weren't quite emotionally where we needed to be at the start. It was my sense. It just took so long to get going. And I thought when we got going, we looked bloody great. But, um, yeah, just frustrating, really, because a home quarter final, uh, sorry, last 16 game would have been would have been great uh, financially. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's not very often I, I lead I lead with money when it comes to sport because I think sport's emotional more than <clears throat> But yeah, that's probably the frustration for me. And I thought the players, even at the end, could have done it. You know, I thought the bench did brilliant. Uh, not just Leon when he came on, but the whole bench. Brody Coughlin did great. Um, so yeah, ended up end up frustrated. Half time, I was mortified. Full time, sort of. Excited, delighted, but frustrated. I describe it as. But um, I'm pleased with where we're going. I think lots of young boys on the, you know, from the area playing for us. From Gwent, I think Di Flanagan's got guys playing nicely. So, from a spectator perspective, it was an exciting game to watch. I just wish we'd won. That's mm. probably that could sum up my Dragons experience. Actually, <laughs> it's been exciting. <laughs> just wish we'd won a bit more. <laughs> so, on on going to Astrid Manor, then so. We've had a couple of questions on why it was it was moved to Astrid Manor. So, yeah, why why was it there? Why was it not Cardiff Arms Park? Or yeah, what what was the decision process on that one? Yeah, so you have to nominate a ground at the start of the season. So Cardiff Arms Park wasn't an option. Astrid Manor is our secondary venue. Obviously, we control access to it. We have primacy. We can go there. So we have to be able in the rare eventualities that you move a fixture. Um, you have to be able to not you nominate that before the season starts or the tournament starts. So it wasn't a case like on I don't know Thursday night, Friday night. You could call Cardiff and say, "Can we come down to your place?" It's it was already Astrid. It was always going to be Astrid Munich if we had to move the fixture. So that's just the tournament rules and regulations. So that was already a you know there was no option on a secondary venue other than we were playing at Astrid. I, I suppose my frustration with it was more you know why couldn't we wait until the last minute at Rodney Parade a bit later because, you know, why couldn't we, could we not move the kickoff back a bit, lean on the broadcasters and say, because at three, four o'clock, we definitely could have kicked off, um, I'm sure, at Rodney Parade. So there's little things like that. I get, you know, I think rugby can do better with, you know, in terms of just being a bit more pragmatic, think about the supporters, think about, you know, the event, a bit like the NFL does, you know, I see an NFL games happening in blizzards, you know, and, and, and I think that, I'm mean, obviously there's a lot of money involved there, but, you know, I think rugby sometimes could be a bit more pragmatic. And I, I was a bit, you know, frustrated on Saturday afternoon that the fixture was moved so early before we'd had the Sunday night, uh, sorry, the Saturday night into the Sunday. Because, you know what, just do a late inspection as possible. Could we slide the fixture back? To be fair, the Lions, they were happy to slide it back a bit um, uh, in terms of kickoff time because they weren't travelling home till Monday, which meant we could have done it at Rodney Parade. But as it was, we were put under pressure to say you have to be able to guarantee the fixture at one o'clock tomorrow. As soon as we had to go under that pressure to guarantee the fixture at one o'clock, well, we could only go to Astrid Manor because given the outside temperatures, there was a pretty good chance at best it was going to be less than 50-50 on at Rodney Parade at 1pm. And once you're told you can't move the kickoff time back, then we had to go to Astrid Manor. So uh, you can imagine what I, how I felt about that from not just a financial perspective, but also from a, you know, I think from a supportive experience and our partners and our sponsors and, even, and the players too, the players too, right? You know, um, so I think rugby sometimes could just sometimes just ah uh, just change a little bit, be a bit more pragmatic, uh, be a bit more practical, and and perhaps be a little bit more flexible. Um, 
But anyway, it was what it was. And in the end, it was actually a good game to watch, to be fair. And the guys did a good job getting it on Astrid. And um, to be fair to the Lions kicker, he, he clearly thought he was at altitude because he was banging the penalties and kicks over from everywhere. So I think the Lions coach must have told him, listen, this is just like being on the veld. <laughs> you can spot them over the Glen Valleys. He was hitting them from about 50-odd metres for about the first 10 minutes. So fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Reese, you were gonna you were gonna ask like a proper serious question, weren't you, man? <laughs> if I have, um, yeah, it was just around like um, your views on uh, your sort of, like, general views on the WIU, whether uh, in their present form are they fit for purpose, and the, the sort of governments around the game at the moment, um, you know, especially because as, as supporters we get quite frustrated with everything we see in the news and, you know, the the threat to possibly, you know, they talk about losing uh, regions and stuff like that. So just want to uh, maybe your views on where the WU and whether they're fit for purpose at the moment. Look, I think I've been probably the most public outspoken person. I, I, I got involved mm-hmm. in Welsh rugby four or five years ago because I genuinely love the game. I grew up around it with my granddad who was involved with obviously rugby in Ponypool and, and the district there. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I remember. So I got like all of you. You know, I grew up loving the game, being a ball boy at Ponypool Park. You know, some of my happy memories of childhood. You know, were knocking around with my granddad watching rugby matches and around clubhouses. You know, waiting for the players to eat so I could have you know sausage, mash and chip peas or whatever. So you know, they were happy memories. You know, and um, so that that sense of the you know being the community and being in love with the game, if you like, and then obviously watching the national team latterly. Um, you know, has been and then getting involved with the Dragons ultimately because of that passion. Is so I got involved in the game. I guess what I'm trying to say, I got involved in the game because I love the game and I want Welsh rugby to win World Cups. I want the women's game to win World Cups, the men's game. I want the game to thrive. You know, I want all the regions to be successful or the clubs, as I prefer to call them. Um, and um, and I want the community game to thrive. So I, you know, I just love the game. And so when I see what I see which is one of the things that shocked me when I got involved in the game, is that the game is run in Wales, as you know, by largely enthusiastic sort of amateurs, if you like, and at a boardroom level. And that's not a criticism, any of them, because often they, you know, they, they're, and it sounds like it is a criticism, but what I want to say is that they, they love the game as much as you or I do, and they give a hell of a lot to the game and deserve recognition for that. But you, for me, and I've said this publicly before, you cannot run a hundred million pound professional business you know, with the spirit of enthusiastic amateurism, you have to run it with professionals who have built, run, operated appropriate level scale businesses because it requires these days that level of expertise. You know, and I've, you know, the same way, you know, as a kid when I was growing up, you know, I've said, you know, I always wanted to be like lots of kids. I want to be an astronaut when I grew up, you know, or a pilot, you know. And But the truth is, I wouldn't say to any of you or me, get on a plane with me if I was piloting it, because it would crash and I'd kill us all. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the skills to do it. I don't have the skills. Yeah. Yes, big analogy. Yeah, and I, so I would, love, I would love to have done that. As a kid. I'd love to have been an astronaut as an adult, but I wouldn't get on the rocket now and, and pilot it. And I think that's what concerns me most about, I guess, the governance of the game, is we need reform so that everyone can play to their strengths, you know. So let's have the, the people who are, who are most skilled and experienced to run the areas that are relevant, whether it's the community game, the women's game, the men's game, you know, the, the professional side of the game. And let's support each other. Let's not pretend that the governance, as was constituted 100 years ago, 
is the right governance structure in 2023 with all the challenges of professionalism? I think we're just setting each other up to fail to some extent in that regard. So, you know, I, 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 would, I would do it from the spirit of, please, come on, if we all love the game, which I think we all do, I think every, I haven't met a person yet that doesn't, who's involved in Welsh rugby that doesn't care deeply about it. If that's the case, let's get out of the way of each other and make sure that we have the right governance structure because we don't at the minute. It's not, it's not, it's not suitable and it's not fit uh, for how it's currently set up. So it does need to change and it needs to change the right reasons, which is actually we all want it to be successful. But are you right to, to ask the question? I think you definitely are. And I'm surprised it's taken this long. I really have. Uh, and it concerns me that it takes this long. I don't understand why it's that complicated and difficult to reform something that clearly needs to change. Yeah, that's a good answer. I think Rupert Moon said something similar about how enthusiastic they are and they, you know, they love their rugby in there, but it's just, are they those right people to run a business? You know, and I think that's what a lot of people feel at the moment. Um, and hopefully a way will be found forward for that. But you have to think how complex it is, right? I mean, it took me, you know, when I was running Just Eat, you know, as you know, you know, from your professional background, these things, you don't, you don't do something, you don't leave school at 18 and then, you know, end up as a CEO or something on the, on the FTSE index overnight. I, I was, you know, that was 20 years of training, of making mistakes, having really good managers that supported you, developed you, um, you know, learning on the job, cocking things up and then, you know, being held to account for that. So that eventually you get to the point where you can take responsibility for ever bigger parts of a business or eventually a business, but it took 20 years. And, um, you know, I sort of look at it and think, what do you expect to happen if you put people into roles who just don't have that context and background? You know, you know, it's just not it's it's a very unlikely to work. And um, and is it being the best we can be? And and it's not, because if you think we all want to win World Cups, we all want to win Grand Slams. I would love to see, you know, the clubs winning European Cups or participate in the top ends of the league. Well, to do that, you're competing against the very best in the world who are perhaps doing the right things, who have got the right structures in place, who have got the right people in the right seat on in the bus. And and if you're competing against that and you haven't yet put that stuff in place, you're making it bloody difficult for yourself. And I think sometimes we're almost as a result of that, making it harder for us as Wales to compete. And we should get everything out of the way um, of being successful. We should get anything that holds that possibility of winning a World Cup, for example, out of the way, because there's no reason why Wales shouldn't be winning World Cups. Mm, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, Jane, you, you had a follow-up question to, to that. I did. Um, first of all, I'd just say thanks to David for joining us. I really is appreciate. I know you're a busy man and that... Uh, I do appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, I'm the kids to bed, so I'd rather be talking to you, let me tell you. Oh, excellent. Perfect. <laughs> you know better. So, look, there's one story that's been dominating the news today. We all know what it is. Um, serious allegations of bullying, sexual harassment, racism at the WRU. Just want to get your thoughts on it, David, and should heads roll for this? What do you make of it all? Yeah, well, you know, I suppose like all of us, I'll be, you know, I'll obviously watch the program at eight o'clock. I've obviously seen the stuff in the press today. You know, my, my first thoughts, you know, are, you know, with the people who've been brave enough to speak out because, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. When you're working in an organization or when you, 
you know, you've had a tough experience, you know, and I don't know the details, so I can't say who's right and who's wrong, because I, all I can say is, if you've been brave enough to speak out, I think you deserve a huge amount of support and credit. Where, And I would say that for any person who's experienced something like that. So my first thoughts go to those people who've either spoken out and participated in this programme or for those that perhaps haven't, but have had tough experiences. And so I think that's where my mind goes first. And obviously, as a father of a daughter, you know, when you read some of the stuff, and like I say, the programme, I think, airs in about 40 minutes. So I'll be watching it like everyone else. And so I'll, I need to reserve judgment until I've you know, had a chance to watch the programme and understand exactly the details, because as you know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not privy to them um, at this point. Um, you know, I, I will, I will reserve judgment until then. But what I will say, like I say, it's, it's just awful to read about any individual's experience in any part of Welsh rugby that is clearly as horrendous as some of the individuals that you know uh, are talking about on this program tonight. That I've only seen snippets in the press today, obviously. But you know. Um, but I just feel for them because I can't imagine how difficult that's been um, and, and how stressful absolutely. and how awful they must have felt. Um, yeah, and I absolutely. Can't imagine, yeah, and so, you know, for me, that's, that's where my mind goes to. And then I want to watch the programme like everyone else and I will, you know, I reserve judgment until then. And, and, and what I will say is, you know, I will do, you know, whatever bit of influence and power I have, I will do... You know, I will certainly um, try, I hope, to bring about positive change um, because I want Welsh rugby to be the best it can be. And when you read headlines like today and you see stories like we've seen in the press, obviously before the programme airs tonight, it just, yeah. it's absolutely awful to think, you know, that anyone's had those sort of experiences um, around Welsh rugby. And we need to, you know, people who can, people in power, people in influence, you know, you need to do whatever you can to make sure um, that whatever has happened is neither never happens again or the changes are made and and the people who, who participate in this are either held to account or learn from it and it's dealt with properly and the people who've experienced it are given all our support because, you know, don't underestimate the emotional, I'm sure, and how much difficult it would be to speak out publicly on these matters and and I think that they have certainly all my support and admiration and I, and I, and I you know, I'm obviously, as you can probably sense, you know, um, very eager to listen and watch the programme tonight and understand exactly, you know, what the details are. But um, mm. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys feel the same, right? We all we all love the yeah. game. You know, Absolutely, I would, yeah. I want my daughter to, you know, be, you know, she comes to pretty much every Dragons game and she has great experiences around rugby. And I would hate for her to grow up in a world where she'd have any, any sort of experiences like the ones I've read about today because it just feels horrendous. Uh, thank you David I can't get my daughter to come to a rugby game with me at all she, she sits at home and watches um, oh, what's that thing with Zac Efron um, the, the high school musical on loop <laughs> I, I just I, I cannot get her involved in rugby at all she's doing rugby in school at the minute in PE and so they keep throwing a ball uh, my... at me dad and it keeps hitting me in the face <laughs> so, my, my daughter does it yeah, she, my daughter's yeah, she's got a match tomorrow. She's playing against uh, Cantonian High. She's only 11, as your daughter, St. Reese. But uh, she'll be smashing it tomorrow. You're quite right, because we need kids to participate in the game, boys and girls. And, and you know, rugby's got challenges, you know, like lots of sports around participation because of the, you know, the obvious things around kids have a choice now, more than probably when we were all, 
you know, basically when I went, when I was young, you played football, you played rugby or you played both. There was, you know, uh, it, it was, you didn't compete like you do for kids today. Leisure, the leisure pound and leisure time is probably the most competitive, um, most competitive sort of thing that you're competing with as a, as a sport. And so making the game accessible and making the game attractive um, as possible to as many young people is critical. And I think all our leadership should be focused around that. Um, because like you, like you allude to, it's not easy these days. Um, I guess I'm lucky my daughter's been brainwashed from a very, very young age. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's probably got no choice because it's like either yeah. cut the dragons or stay home and, I don't know, stay with, with a baby. And I think she probably thinks I'd rather go with dad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. So, uh, Carwin, you had, a, you had a question. Has Coco calmed down now, mate? Oh, just she's, I'm holding on to the other side here. Um, yeah. So, the name. <laughs> so going, going back now, this, you know, I think this is on a lot of fans' minds as well. Um, obviously, there's a verbal agreement in place um, within the WR and the regions. We're still waiting for the written agreement. Um, any further thoughts on that and how we're getting along with that? And, and how is it affecting the regions and the players in, in your mind? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've... Um... I'm relieved to be honest that we, we, you know, we've made progress. It's taken way too long. Uh, you know, I think it's just taken too long, but having said that, I think we're in a, you know, we, we, we have got a verbal agreement. We're actually drafting the long form written agreement, um, which will be, you know, well, we, we actually signed the heads of terms, which is the shorter version of the agreement actually over a week ago now. Um, <laughs> when I was down in Poe actually. So yeah, just over a week ago. And um, and the long form, the long detailed agreement legally is being drafted as we speak. So it should be, uh, you know, circulated in the coming week or so. And then we'll sign it hopefully, you know, in the coming weeks. So, you know, I think that 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 is, in a, you know, that that's taken a long time. But I think we're, you know, I think you can be confident um, that we'll have an agreement um, uh, to govern the pro game. Um, there's never enough money. There's certainly not enough money um, in the professional game in my opinion. You know, um, in my honest observation, but what I will say is, four clubs have survived. And you know, when you look at some of the numbers that we were looking at, there was probably real risk in in that being a problem or a real issue. And so, my first, I guess, my first priority is part of the negotiation is to make sure you know we have four professional teams. And I think the good thing about this agreement is it does enable that. Um, obviously, there's going to be some tough choices around finances. You've seen some of the players you know, from a contracting perspective that have already left. Um, so it's not going to be easy financially. No one no one should pretend that it is. The next two couple of years is going to be really tough. There's, the, the, you know, my honest opinion, there's probably an insufficient amount of professional uh, money going into the pro game. Um, so, we, you know, we need to, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. But nevertheless, I think it enables us all to survive. It enables us hopefully in a couple of years' time to get to a place where we can grow. Um, and we'll have to back ourselves to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'd say in terms of the players, to answer that question, I think this week, later this week, um, players will start to get their their, their verbal offers so they know what we can offer. Um, so they'll start to get more certainty or literally over the coming days and week or two. Um, so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's probably an example of like, you know, we just need to keep, we need to do better. You know, we need to do better is the truth. And um yeah, it's not easy. It's not always easy, but no, it's tough. Could I say because it, is, it isn't just the players; it's their families as well, yeah. isn't it? And any other, any other job, people would expect that contract in place, or, or or they do look elsewhere, don't they? 
you know, and, and it is tough. I think it's tough on everyone all around, you know, people at the top making those decisions and then the players themselves, you know, who, who probably don't want to be moving away because normally with us Welsh people, we like to be at home, you know, we like to be around the people we know. Um, I, just so think it goes back, I just think it goes back to the time things take, you know, in Welsh rugby, you know, I it should never have, you know, we, look, we are where we are now and, you know, I've got, I've got equal responsibility because I'm in the room. Um, so, you know, you know, but, you know, I, I just get frustrated how, how long things take. You know, it, it, yeah. these things should be done. You know, we have plenty of time. It takes too long. And um, and then that has implications on, on people. And that's the thing I think you're referring to. And, um, you know, I think we owe a massive thank you to the players who I think have been unbelievably professional over the Christmas derbies, unbelievably professional in Europe. You know, yeah. I'm sure we'll be unbelievably professional through the Six Nations. And so... Yeah. I think it's huge credit to players and staff who who probably conducted themselves, I think, um, with absolute aplomb, and uh, and probably a, you know, a, probably a little bit of a, um, hopefully a bit of reflection on us lot off the off the field. That means we've got to work quicker in future because you know let's get to a place where we're all stable and we can grow and let's not let's not keep making these sort of. Um, issues because I just it's not I don't think it's good it's a good look right for Welsh rugby. No, thank you. Who's well, gone? Someone gone? It, no, it's, it's my camera. As soon as, as soon as my soon as something starts getting excited, my camera just has a fit. So <laughs> go on, James. You, should, carry you on, short mate. your camera or your hands? <laughs> production value. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm getting you either a joke book or a gag for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> so, James, you you had a, a dragons related question, didn't you? Yeah, so this came from one of our listeners. Um, it's regarding the cabbage patch in the north end of the ground, David. Um, he was just saying, um, what's the plan for it? You know, should the WRU sell that land and pay off, um, you know, the, help the COVID loan for the regions? Um, but I was going to ask you about this anyway, because I remember some time ago, um, I went to a Q&A that you did, and there was a little bit of debate about where the profits would go to um, if there was any redevelopment on the land. Because first of all, it was said that it was going to be for the Dragons. And then I don't know if you remember this, but the former Scarlet's chairman, it was Nigel Shaw at the time, he came out, didn't he, and said, that's a PRB asset, it should be for all of us. So I just wanted to ask, once you get this private ownership deal agreed, which is going to be after the funding agreement is sorted, I presume, what is the future of the cabbage patch? Is it still going to be under WRU? And do you have any indication about what the WRU are planning to do with that side of the ground and our land? Shortly, it was great to tell everyone how to run Welsh rugby. So I think um, if we get 20 million quid for it to pay off the COVID loans, we should sell it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we get 20 million quid for it. If, if, if we did, I'd say let's sell it now. Um, no, I think um, so no, no, it's not going to be, it would never be sufficient, I think, as an asset to, to clear COVID loans. I think, unfortunately, you know, the four clubs are going to have to pay them down over the coming decades um mm. i think um in terms of in terms of what happens to the asset i think it, it two things i think the club has to go into private hands part of the agreement uh, the dragons has to go into private hands um so i think and then as private investors we have i guess two options we we have a lease that we we haven't quite agreed yet but we're not far away uh with the wiu i think steve phillips has commented on that publicly as well 
So I think you have an option basically to have a lease, uh, which means we'd have the stadium, and for those of you who know the ground, up to the cabbage patch. And That's then okay, yeah. WIU would retain the cabbage patch in the clubhouse, and I, I would imagine they would you know, do some sort of development project on that. The monies that from that development project would obviously then go into the WIU coffers to be distributed across the pro game in Wales. Obviously, the money that we generated on our part, if you like, of the lease, which is you know from the, if you know it, the tent, yeah, the marquee, yeah. Obviously, the, the revenue of the Dragons. Uh, but obviously, that's a much smaller area in terms of development opportunity because most of it sits at the Cabbage Patch end. Um, so I hope that's cleared that up. Um, yeah. I think in terms of... Um, and then the other only option is, you know, if, if we as potential owners of the club, you know, could we would we purchase the whole site? Obviously, we would need a lot of financial support to do that. And it's not obvious how we'd find that or get it. But probably... You know, from a long-term investment perspective, that would be the most attractive thing to do. But obviously, we would have to purchase it at market price uh, from the current owner if that was to be a scenario that we could afford to explore. At the moment in time, that we wouldn't have those finances. But I guess if I was dreaming about, you know, what I love to do, um, what I would love to do is sort of go on a bit of a project and 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 get hold of the free old, and then see if what we could do in conjunction with Newport City Council to develop the entire site because. You know, as a as a young boy, I would when that all my family lived or my nan's family lived on Corporation Road, just off Corporation Road, and um, you know, I'd love to see the site developed. Um, but you know, equally, I've got to live in the real world. I can't afford to do it, and I and I, you know, I put an extension on my house, so I don't have the I don't have the expertise to to develop a major property development. But perhaps there are other people in Newport and potential partners at the council, etc., that might be able to support us. I'd love them to. Um, because I think Rodney Parade is such a unique stadium, and I make no apology for saying it. I I, I love it. In no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's the best stadium in Wales, David. As we all know. Well, like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be too part. The best stadium in Wales. Yeah, I don't want to be too part of that. But I do love the fact it's in a city centre. I love the fact yeah. that it's got that feel to it, that old school rugby ground feel. It's not easy to sort of replicate that. So I'd love us to. Try and make the best of it, um, but let's see, man. Let's see. Uh, fingers crossed, we can do something more than just, in effect, lease it and do what we can with our bit of the stadium and up to the tent, and then it'll be up to the WIU what they then do with the, the cabbage patch and the um, and the clubhouse. I'd imagine they'd look to develop it, would be my guess, and then those monies would be dispersed then for the professional game, um, as all the finances are, I guess, that are surplus um, at the WIU. So can I just quickly ask about Newport Council because you mentioned them. Um, have you actually spoke to Newport Council and put these plans in play and forward to them? And what, what's their reaction been to what, what you're suggesting? Are they on board of it? Do they really want to get involved? Yeah, so Mark Jones, who's our managing director, and I've had a couple yep. of meetings with the council and um, also with a couple of local politicians. And so obviously we, we share our passion and dream with them. Um, and um, obviously, as you'd expect, they can't give us any promises until until the deal is done and we've taking control of the club, which I expect to understand. I, I obviously try and nudge a bit further and say, come on, man. I, th- I would love to think that if the club was in private hands, I would love to think that, you know, the, that the support within the new board and the city would want to see Rodney Parade to be the best it can be. And for that, we would need, we would definitely need some support from the city uh, and the council and the local politicians. But I think, I don't see why they wouldn't, because I think that part of the river would really benefit from some development. And I think it'd be great yeah. for the city to make it the best it can be. So fingers crossed, mate. Is What I've learned about 
things in 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 Welsh rugby and in you know um, and in this sort of stuff. It, it always takes longer than perhaps I'm ex- used to working in the tech industry. But I'm I'm also trying to keep patient because I think hopefully the end will will justify the patience because it's a it's a labour of love that's for sure. <laughs> Lovely, thank you very much. Yeah. So many, many years ago, when, when my little ones were small, I used to be, um, I was on a board for a local club. So when you talk about how long it takes to get things done, on the on the very first meeting, the very first thing we spoke about was cutting down the trees around the outside of the ground. And 18 months later, when I left, the very last <laughs> thing we spoke about was cutting down those trees. And that's when my boy was born. He's 18 now. Those trees got cut down two years ago. Honest to God, that's that's how long some of the process can be in some of the, particularly in the smaller clubs, where, where they don't have the budget. They don't have the budget to spend a couple of grand on cutting trees down and stuff like that. So it's, you know, Welsh rugby can be tough from the top to the bottom, kind of. It's it's not easy anyway. So my my kind of question to you, I guess, now is, is what does the future look like from you know, from a Dragons, from the academy, from schools, colleges, you know, right down to Division, what is it now, Division 3B, I think we go down to now. How how do you see things changing over the next couple of years? Yeah, like I, I see three challenges in Welsh rugby. I think the first challenge is, you know, we, we, we don't have enough money to invest in the pro game. What does that mean? We have to do one of two things. We have to grow our income levels uh, in Welsh rugby, which I think is a challenge to all of us, and WIU and the clubs, um, or you have to cut costs, and um, or you do a bit of both. So I think the first one is that requires strong leadership, and it requires having, going back to what I said, governance, you need some really talented people to, to build business. It's not easy to make money, and it's not easy to control costs when you run a business. So you need really talented people, we need the best people we can get, um, um, around Welsh rugby uh, in order to make the first thing happen because that is a purely business, commercial, financial thing and it's bloody difficult to make money. So, you know, let's let's get the best people around the table because, you know, it is a professional game. Stadiums need investment. Academies need investment. The women's game needs investment. The men's game needs investment. And all our competitors, none of them are standing still. So, you know, we need, we need to, be, to be in the best we can do working together. I think that's the first thing I'd say. I think the second thing we need to do is acknowledge that within the community game, you know, that there are challenges in participation numbers. You know, we can produce reports um, um, that, 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 um, that put positive spins on things, or we can look at what we know, which is that, you know, there's, I can see with my wife, with my kids, you know, challenge around concussion. My wife says, I, you know, my wife worries about my eldest boy because um, um, of concussion and head injury, because she's read it in the papers, understandably and correctly, um, um, and in fact, one of one of the boys in his school team actually got concussed for the first concussion they've had at 12 a couple of weeks ago. And of course, all the parents talking about it, understandably asking the school, you know, what are the assurances? How does it? So we have to deal with these things as a game head on um, and, and deal with these things in a way that's transparent, but also enables the game to have the confidence, um, uh, the confidence of its of its parents and the children. So I think the community game needs support and investment, too. Um, and we've got some very talented people in the community game, by the way. So when I said about having the right people in the right situation who care about the game, there's some brilliant people in that community game that know exactly how to run community clubs and run them very, very well. So let's give them what they need in order to get on and do that while we get on and do the pro game. I think that's, you know, and then we can ultimately work together because we all want the same thing. We're a great community game and great pro game because the two things are so intrinsically linked. 
um, uh, it's very obvious to anyone. So I think let's de try and deal with the participation number challenges. I think the women's and girls game can be a great driver of that. There's huge growth potential, I think, in that area specifically. Um, I'm really excited to see the stuff that, uh, for example, that Nigel has done around the, the women's game in Wales. I think it's some really positive stuff there, and you've, we've seen some of the improvements already. So, so yeah, I think there's a lot of growth potential in that area. Um, um, and I think probably the third thing, you know, I'd allude, I'd allude to is 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 the things that I spoke about earlier, which is, you know, I think as as private owners of clubs, you know, we need we need to do. Um, and take a bit of risk here, right? So I, you know, I see myself and a couple of other guys who are going to, who are obviously going to do the Dragons. Obviously, Nigel Short, Short, you know, all the guys at the Scarlets, I think, do a great job. Rob Davis at the Ospreys, I mean, you know, and Peter at Cardiff. I mean, some of these guys, I think, deserve bronze statues built of them, given what they've invested in the pro game in Wales. Uh, you know, I don't think they get the credit they deserve because, you know, without some of these guys, they've invested literally personally over ten million pounds. I think some of them. And without their extra investment and support, the pro game wouldn't have been able to do what it's done. So I think we need to create an environment where we can attract the best talented people into the pro game that want to sponsor us, that want to be partners with us, that hopefully want to invest in the game. Because ultimately, you know, we are going to need to get more money if we're going to make four successful teams or two or three successful teams. Um, and there's and there's not enough money. So I think that's going to require people like myself and Simon at the Scarlets and you know Robert the Ospreys and Alina Cardiff, all of us are going to have to work pretty hard the next two three years because we can't just expect that you know the WIU or anyone else to bail us out. You know we're going to have to do some really hard yards ourselves. I think we need a lot of support um, um, from you know from our local city councils etc. as well. So there's you know it's going to be it's a tough job, but we've got to walk into it because the game is so important. I think to the communities we serve and represent. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So time is moving on, and 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 television programs wait for no man. So, um, so final question then is, is is about your thoughts on on the Welsh team and and the changes that have been made, and what are we looking like for the Six Nations, and can you get us tickets? No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's what's your thoughts on the, uh, the dragons? You come on to dragons, boys. I can sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a podcast a live podcast from a Dragons game and then Jamie can just I abuse me you. all the way through I can do that that's fine we'll do it definitely. we've got good Wi-Fi actually at Rodney Parade as well to be fair uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know look I mean you know I'd say um, you know I'm obviously I'm an enthusiastic like everybody else so I you know I don't uh, claim to know more than the next man when it comes to that I, I, I would say you know, I thought Leon was great yesterday for us. By the way, I think I, was, yeah. I think Warren's Warren, as always, is a bit of a master of selection. I think you know Leon hadn't played for a while, but my God, he looked he looked pretty impressive yesterday. I thought when he came on, um, he looks huge, David. He's really bulked up, isn't he? That's the first thing I thought when I saw him. He's That's a powerful it. man. He's a powerful yeah. man. Yeah, so I think you know. I think look, I think never underestimate Wales. Is my experience watching Wales <laughs> since I was you know first time I went up on the Upper East Terrace schoolboy enclosure. You know, I remember. I remember that when the first games I saw was what did we beat England? Was it eleven nine when when Yian scored in the foot race? Yeah, I, yeah, I was there for that game. Yeah, yeah I'm not I sure they for my time. Sorry, I'm not yeah. sure. Was it eleven nine? I can't remember. Emily yeah. Lewis hacked it on, didn't he? I, I was yeah. there as well, right didn't in front of where Yian scored. Didn't hack it yep. on. That was a skillful kick. Absolutely, my mistake. And I remember that was like I think England won in Wales for like 28 years or something, and um, 
And I remember going actually terrified that we were going to lose because the thought of Wales losing that record of never losing <laughs> all those years. I remember, I, honestly, as a schoolboy thinking, oh, shit, please, God, don't lose. And and it meaning more than perhaps it should have done. I don't know. But And then obviously... You know, I don't think Yain grounded that ball properly, by the way. I'd have to watch on YouTube. But anyway, who cares? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Too late for a TMO now. Uh, if, if it's a TMO now, it'd probably be done for incorrect grounding. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that, 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 um, that, that, the reason why I mention that is because that's Wales all over for me. Like, if we beat Ireland first game, and we get on a roll and there's momentum. And the Six Nations is such a unique tournament, isn't it? If you get a bit of momentum when your first game, all of a sudden you look down the fixtures and think, mm, hang around, France away is going to be tricky, obviously. I'm not saying Italy's away is easy or Scotland. But the point I'm making is, it's, a, it's definitely the old cliche. It's if you can win your first game and get a bit of momentum rolling, and I think as Welsh people then, we sort of get, we sort of get carried on a wave of sort of fervour and passion and drive. So... I don't know. And Warren being back, you know, I don't know. I feel, I feel cautiously optimistic that if I think Ireland might have, a, I might, I, I think Ireland might have a little bit of surprising card. If less, I know Ireland are a great team. I'm not saying they're not, but I think we might have a little surprise or two for Ireland in our first game, and then, and then who knows how far we can go if we go on a bit of a roll. And obviously, England at home is always an easy win. Um, so you know, we got to beat England, haven't we? Got to beat England. <laughs> I, 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 of, I am one of those terrible Welsh people. They go, you know, you know, they go like, oh, you, um, people say you like, oh, yeah, but it shouldn't matter if you just beat England, lose to everyone else. And that's true. I agree. But actually, if we did beat England, lose to everyone else, that's not bad, to be fair. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know why. I've always been a bit, um, always been a bit, uh, I've always been a bit petty like that. I think for me, I don't know. England's always the one I look to as the game we have to win. And um, obviously, I hope we can win the tournament and go on and do great. But if we beat England in Cardiff, then I know I'm on for a great night with my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Happy days. Fantastic. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been uh, great and some great answers. And uh, yeah, thank you. So, um, good luck with the rest of the season. Thanks, Carwin. No, it's okay. a dragon. You can't go wishing the dragons good luck. They're above us in the table. Someone asked to. Someone asked to. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Jamie, I'll take all the luck we can get. You need it with some of the refereeing decisions we get. And now you're on my turf. <laughs> now, now I know where you're coming from. <laughs> uh, but this, um, let's hope this, um, let's hope whatever's in store for us in this programme in the next 15, 20 minutes, I really hope you know, Welsh rugby can, um, you know, can at the very least, you know, capture the learnings and do a, and, and let's make sure we build, we build the game into what it can be and the game we all grew up loving because this is not this this these sort of evenings are a, a pretty sobering and and um, reflective moment I think for all of us. So you know, fingers crossed that um, fingers crossed that we can do that because you know it's um, I hate I hate to think of the game. You know, and people, anyone having an experience like clearly's happened, um, uh, looks like it's happened here. So I think, um, yeah, yeah, let's let's see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, on that note, thank you for your time, Dave. And um, yeah, all the best. Have a good one. Thank you. All the best. Cheers, David. Thank you. So that that was that was quite good then, Jed. That was a nice guy, uh, Mister Butler. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good chat.
but aye, cool. Uh, and I'm sure more's going to come of that. So let's 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 do our bit then. Let's get some admin out the way, and uh, let's let's do drink of the week. Who wants to start drink of the week? I'm still on the Moretti from last week. <laughs> How many of those have you got left now? I think I think that's the last one. So I'm making the last. <laughs> But it's not. <laughs> right, Reese, what, what have you got, mate? Uh, yeah, I've gone for the Spanish one. We went local last time, so I got the Estrella this week. Yeah. Ah, nice. nice. Jay? Right, well, I have a new beer from Tiny Rebel. This is called Hoyle, oh. and it's a peanut butter flapjack flavour. <laughs> oh, <Death> Christ. <laughs> what? What the you fuck is that? Peanut butter beer. It's a new flavour. It's a peanut butter flapjack flavour. Are you laughing at? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, 5.8%. Um, and do I like it? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, peanut butter beer, man. Peanut butter beer. Yeah, it's awful. It was the one beer in the pack, because I bought a pack of assorted flavours, and yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. one beer I pulled out, and I thought, Ooh, I don't think I'm going to like that. And it uh, turns out I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All good with your gut instincts. Yeah. 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 Never mind. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've gone traditional. I've gone for um, Conwy Brewery Clogwin Gold um, this week. Yeah. I think I've had it before, and it's quite nice. So um, I basically have I've done the Welsh beers in Tesco's now. So I've got to kind of – I've got to find some more – I've got, I've got like three or four breweries around me, and there's a, a shop that's opened up in Clethley, which is like a um, a beer warehouse type thing, like a Craftdale warehouse. So at some point, I'm going to crack that as well. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So, Carwin's dog, Coco, wants to be part of the pod. So, um, we're, we're going to do the Ospreys game first. So, either Coco's going to be part of the pod or Carwin's going to do this really quick and take her for a walk. So, um, which, which to one? To the vet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, she's a lovely dog. Oh, I know. No, I wouldn't be without her. I wouldn't be without her. She'd but tell you what, she can drive me crazy sometimes. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, what did you make of the Ospreys game, mate? Go on, well, get firstly, it out of system. Let's have it. Oh, superb, superb. I was on the edge of my seat. I was absolutely buzzing. Absolutely. I just The only thing I'm getting about was that I wasn't there. You know, it was just, just magical. You know, I think, I don't think anyone, I think people have just you know, written us off because it was Leicester. And you saw the stats. I think it was like 80% in favour of Leicester winning that game. You know, and you know, and Le- Leicester were good. Let's, you know, give them credit; they, they were very good. I thought. Um, so, and we were playing a fantastic team, but we were better. Um, the boys stood up on the night. The pack again was superb. Gutted for Dowie Lake and Kai Evans, absolutely gutted. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the full extent of of the injuries at the moment, but obviously Scott Baldwin came on, did a great job, uh, and George came on. The boys shuffled around on the back line again, and and they they stood up 100. percent and the impact again of the bench. Uh, again, uh, Kieran Williams, Morgan Morris, superb. Um, and and Reese Davis, what a player he's turned out to be. Eh? What a player. But um, I, I mean, I think a lot of people took on the ref, and there, there was some, again, some dubious mistakes, but you get it in every game. It doesn't matter who you play, what level you play at, it's going to be there. Um, but 
12 minutes into into injury time you know and it, and there wasn't a single scrum I mean there was one scrum again in injury time of the first half the whole of the first half I mean the games like that don't happen these days you know they just don't so the skill levels are right up there the ball wasn't getting dropped they were just getting stuck in it was just a great fantastic game to watch and now Sarri's away I am going to that game I am definitely going to that game I don't care I'm going I'm getting tickets I'm going don't care if I have to walk to London if I'm on the train <laughs> if I drive I'm going I have to hitchhike. Might come with you. Have, yeah, you asked, yeah. have, you, have you asked the boss for permission? Because she said, "Not yes. yet. Not yet." <laughs> These things have to be taken very carefully and gently. Yeah. Those, those it, it, it might be a Valentine's present. My card, what buttress is going through? Like, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely Valentine's present. I reckon. Um, but uh, no, I, I can't wait. I mean, fair play. I mean, they stood up. They deserve all, all the credit they get for that game. Who's crashed? Oh, you've all just been quiet. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, it was good. What are your thoughts on the game, boys? Oh, superb. Superb, absolutely superb. Uh, I, I, the Ospreys just keep getting better and better over the season. It was only like a month ago, like I was uh, we're going like, oh, Cardiff's the best one, but yeah, we're no Indian now, like, isn't it? You know, but Ospreys are just, they just have a business now, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Quite. Beat Leicester up there. Just, just, but some, but some of our games that we have lost, you know, in the early part of the season, they were they were by one point or two points. Games that we should have won. Um, you know, I think things I think are clicking this, for you more, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, the only game we didn't deserve to win was against the Dragons. Actually, yeah, you know, I thought the Dragons had completely outplayed us that day. Um, but but other than that, it's just like again we said earlier earlier in the in the in the weeks past here, like it's just small margins, small margins. Um, but they fought to the end, and they got they got the they got the win. When, when you talk about small margins, the, the the small margin was that Leicester were attacking in your twenty two at a three on one overlap, fucked up the pass, and it ended up in a try for for the Ospreys, and that was the difference. Yeah, you know, that's that's how you know take nothing away from from the Ospreys; they competed really really well. You know, particularly up front. I didn't think the the I can't remember the ball going across the back line from the Ospreys um, in, in in the whole game. But where you beat them was up front. And then that one mistake pounced, you know, 75 metres. And, and sometimes when you're at that level, you know, that's that's what it takes. But but our, our back line stood up in defence. You know, you've got Keeling Giles, who isn't the biggest of lads. And he stood up every time to Freddie Stewart, who's, what, six foot four? You know, uh, he's a bit of a lump like, but yeah, no. Um, but he does. No line given. I was I was watching his tackling. He does the same as what Costello does because Costello is tiny as well, and they don't even try. They because they can't go high. They don't even try, so they just drop and and take the knees, and like oh that's it's really really effective because you've got these great big six foot four monsters trying to drop a shoulder and trying to, you know, they're looking for contact. And actually, you've got this tiny little half of a fart just dropping below their, their shoulder. And, and well, they've been learning from over. the best in Dan Lidlis, haven't they? You know, when you've got someone like that who can chop tackle, I think they'll be doing all right. But with with someone like um, uh, Kieran Williams, because he's got that, that advantage of height, you know, in, in that in instance, the, his advantage is that he's shorter. 
and he can drop and and wrap a lot to, uh, a lot easier. So, yeah, that's a compliment, by the way. So, yeah, I well, think you know, you hear it here first. A compliment from the Scarlets fan towards the Ospreys. One, absolutely. We've been getting Two. there. Two. To, to be fair, though, to be fair, Toby Booth, I think you know we really should mention him because he is doing a terrific job at the Ospreys. Oh, now, when you is. consider this, when you consider the start of the season. You know, the Ospreys really struggled in the URC to begin with. But like the Scarlets, Europe has given them a bit of an injection, isn't it? A bit of life, you know, and a lot of confidence. And um, I thought the Ospreys were terrific. Another brilliant win. They just kept hanging on in there, didn't they? You know, yeah. Leicester was sort of pulling ahead, but the Ospreys never crumbled. They just they continued. And you talk about Keelan Giles. I have to say, Alex Cuthbert... His defence, I was really impressed with how good he was defensively on the wing. He put in some really big tackles uh, out on the wing. And um, Richard Wigglesworth, the Leicester coach, he said after the game, something quite interesting. Tommy Raphael was brilliant, by the way. Very Mm -hmm. good for for Leicester. He said he was the best Welshman on the pitch. Um, I beg to differ. Uh, Jack Morgan, for me, was the best Welshman on our pitch. And that's why he had the player of the match and not Tommy Raphael. I thought Jack Morgan was absolutely outstanding. Same goes to Reese Davis. Um, Tommy Raphael was a bit of a, he was a thorn on our side throughout the whole game. You know, yeah. he was. Um, and and he, I thought he played very well. But like you're right, you know, Jack Morgan was superior. Was Jack Morgan. Uh, but also yeah. that try saving tackle uh, by Michael Collins under the sticks. I was just I mean, about to mention Michael Collins. Just you know, then, yeah. Fantastic. He was very good as well. Yeah, um, but you know the last try. There's a lot of debate, isn't it? And the amount of saltiness from Leicester fans online, you know, cheating, rubbish, ref, and all this nonsense. Yeah, I, in my honest, unbiased opinion, you know, neutral, I think that was a try. I, I think, think it was the ball. The ball. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. Was, but yeah. what was the call from the referee? Because I had it on mute. I had it on a second screen. I was I was on mute, so I didn't hear what the call from the referee was, or because. When you look at the, the footage, you can't see it being placed down. You can't see pressure on the ball. You can't see the ball. So you can't. So the referee must have said any reason not to award that try. Is that I can't remember. I can't remember. In French as well. The one angle though, it, you could you could see that he had ground. It was it was you could just about see it because I know there was a bit of debate on commentary. Someone was mm. saying it was the boot, and Austin, you were saying no, it's the ball. And someone was saying it's the boot, it's the ball, and it's like, oh fuck's sake, lads, get equipped now. You could see it. he had you... grounded the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. From the one angle, you... you could see it. You, it, it, it depends on the question that the referee yeah, and if the referee says, I think that's a try, is there any reason why I can't award it? That's different to was that a try? So it, it depends what the TMO is looking for, according to what the referee asks. And that's, I was in the middle of death in paradise, and if I'd have turned the sound up, my wife would have just... You know, death in paradise. Big European game on a Friday night, you're watching bloody death in paradise. What's yeah, the all the beats. Come on, man. Yeah, but oh, I, had, I, had it on a second, I had it on a second screen on mute. And that's why I say I could I could watch the game, I just couldn't hear it. So that's why I, I was wondering what the 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 referee must have judged that they'd seen that ball grounded somehow. Yeah. Or, and so, you know, I can see why Leicester fans would be miffed because I, you know, if you ask a different question, you get a very different answer. You know, yeah. if, if that referee, it looked had... like a try though. It didn't look like it from the what. There was a couple of angles you couldn't see anything, and it was totally inconclusive. Mm. But then they showed another one then where you could just about see a little bit of the ball had gone over the line. And yeah. To me, there and there, there was a try. But also credit to Owen Williams as well because he still got to make that kick. 
And you, okay, you think it looks straightforward. Huge the pressure. Was center, and they all came charging out, didn't they, the Leicester players? And yeah. fair play to him, he absolutely nailed it. Not Brilliant just Owen Williams, though, but we were permanent in the up front. And then Reese yeah. Henry came on and he just did an incredible job. Hey, you know, Carl, let me ask you this. How old is Reese Henry? Oh, I don't know. I, I'd say he's about 26, 27. Well, he looks like 47, doesn't he? He does. You know, he's got he the does. same hairstyle as me, and I appreciate that, quite frankly. <laughs> he's so, your old school honest. prop, isn't he? He's your old school Oh, prop. I love him. Are you, are you not 22, great. Jay? Believe it or not, no, I'm not. Nice. Legend status. Legend status. Yeah, brilliant. Well done, Ospreys. Another superb win. You can't fault it. Good to see it's good to see. So, Shot in the arm for Welsh. I can't wait to see Jack Morgan in a Welsh shirt in his Six Nations. Like, oh, he's, he's buzzing. He's going to But it is, um, it is a shame that we should mention as well, Dowie Lake. There are reports to do yeah, that yeah, he's yeah, going to miss the first few rounds of Six Nations. I was gutted. I mean, it didn't look good to the car when he was limping no, off and you thought, no, no it wasn't, wasn't good. good. I didn't think initially, I didn't think it was not as bad as it, you know, as it could be because you know, he was walking, a bit of a limp, but if you're walking on it, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. But clearly but, it's a bit um, more damaged than we initially thought. Yeah. There are reports but, of Scott Baldwin, fellow yeah. Ospreys hooker, comes in. So you're going to be quite light down. on hookers now. You're going to be quite light on hookers now when you've got the Ospreys. So who would come in now then? Elvis. Elvis, Elvis Elvis. Oh, there. is he still there? He's not still there, so. is he? Yeah, yeah, he's still on the Elvis Ione still there as well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Be, uh, Here we are, lads. Are go you on, off, are you? I am. Well, just give us a quick prediction for um, this weekend then. So, um, Osprey's got Zeb- Zebra. Yeah. Osprey's by 18. Osprey's by Even 18. with all those missing from the squad because they're playing, representing their, our beautiful national team. Okay, so I haven't got it in front of me, but what about everyone? What about the other teams? So Dragons are playing who, Jim? Glasgow at home. Glasgow at home. So, Carl, what's your prediction? Glasgow in the Scotsman, you say, or in Roddy Parade? No, at Roddy Parade. Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Oh, look at that. It'll be, a, it'll be a full house. Dragons by four. Okay. So, Reese, who Cardiff got? Uh, Leinster away. That's an easy one. <laughs> 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 They'll be down to the well, you'll be you'll be playing you'll be playing Leinster seconds, uh, but you'd also have a bit of a Don't weaker matter, squad. Um, so Leinster by twenty five. Cool, and I think we're... Oh my god! The <laughs> words. Oh, no, <laughs> I think uh, Friday night Scarlet to play in. Um, yeah, Bulls. We've got Bulls on Friday night. So. Up, All right, Bulls by eight. Right, you can fuck off now. Go on, go take the dog for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, troops. Catch you next week, mate. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> I feel sorry for the dog. <laughs> it's stuck with him. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about the Cardiff game then, because yep. it got moved. Bless. I mean, be fair to them. Too cool they, for us. They would have. They would have had to put their jumpers on and all sorts of stuff if they'd have played yeah. at the proper time. But apparently, the the forecast for uh, the nine o'clock forecast was minus five in brief. That's quite cold. <laughs> That's quite cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. So, I always remember my my daughter played in a, a tag rugby game uh, down Haley Park in Landers North, and it was minus four on that game. And you had all these like five year old children, like just dressed up as Michelin man running across the pitch like this. Yeah. But we yeah moved the game. The uh, Cardiff uh, returning to a more uh, familiar uh, trope um, that I'm used to. Uh, <laughs> usually it happens in the second half, not the first. But um, yeah, uh, 17-3 down at half time. Uh, Breve dominated. They're a different side than we played at the Arms Park. Um, the number seven, I forget his name, sort of thing, was uh, causing some real issues. Uh, their pack uh, just dominated us. Um, and yeah, it, it was hard to turn that around. But at one stage, uh, early on in the second half, it looked like we might. Um, some special mentions, but just to some of the youngsters still come through. I think Mason Grady looks like he's coming on. It's enforced, isn't it? Because we're running out of centres. But um, he, he's starting to look like he's causing damage now. Would he give him that short ball uh, coming on a pace? It's taking about three defenders to to bring him down. Uh, and he's he's got some real pace and gas behind him as well. And um, and you all know I'm a, a massive fan of t- uh, Teddy Williams. You know about yellow carded. Another apart from that good performance, and I thought. Um, and I, I say this now: I, there was a clash ahead, so it was a yellow card. But it was unlucky in the way that Reese Carey went in from the side in the tackle and sort of knocked uh, the man with the ball into the pathway, if you like, of uh, Teddy Williams. So I felt a bit sorry for him because he uh, doesn't seem to be a, you know, a dirty player or a, indeed an unintelligent player that uh, wouldn't be tackling properly. Yeah, so early on in the second half, it was like for 10 minutes, it just looked like Cardiff were in this purple patch. It just looked like um, we were we were going to win it again, sort of thing. I felt comfortable. We put three tries. Um, I think uh, as a, so both of them um, uh, uh, Reese Priestland, um, and my mind's gone blank for the final one. Um, but we played some fantastic rugby. Uh, they could they couldn't cope with us, and it just looked like we would we'd do that for the rest of the half. Um, they got the ball back uh, and showed what they could do, and the tries they scored were were, were scintillating. They were fantastic. Um, again, I I thought Breed didn't care about this competition. And they just came at us and uh, went out deserved winners. We tried the right at the end. It looked like a good try for Summerhill. But um, it was deemed a, a forward pass. But it was a forward pass. Obviously deemed it was a really forward pass. I think there was one just before it as well. But it was a good move and it looked like a really nice try. And then um, uh, Lloyd Williams right at the end. Uh, we'd lost the game by then. Um, but uh, dropping the ball over the line sort of typified for me the Cardiff effort. And when I say very familiar feeling around it, it's just that um, uh, just capitulating a large part, loss of concentration. Um, I put an angry uh, tweet uh, on top of Carolyn's comment to me on the weekend. So I said I'd regret it the next day. (laughs) Might be drinking. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, there it is. Um, Still got a... you know, we're still through, so there's that, and that wasn't always guaranteed at the start of the season with Cardiff. So I'm happy about that, but we haven't got that um, final home home game that we'd hoped for. So, so did you actually pay a one-off fee to watch that game through the website? Yeah. Bloody hell. 
money well spent, wasn't it? <laughs> and I didn't even watch the whole game. <laughs> oh, fuck. I missed the last I was five minutes. The, um, I was watching I, was, I watched on highlights before we went to... I was, uh, I got to say, I was really surprised at myself because yeah. Cardiff proud a decent team, in fairness. And let's not forget, this is a brief team that got absolutely battered by Connor by 60 points the week before. Mm. So I fully expected Cardiff to go out there, secure the top two, and do a job on Brief. And you know, I, I've only seen highlights, admittedly, but uh, it was anything but Brief absolutely dominated them. And yeah, yeah Cardiff did threaten to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I, one thing I will say from the biggest takeaway for me for this game, Reese Priestland executed one of the best 50-22s I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. It was yeah. brilliant. If anyone hasn't seen it, try, I yeah. urge you to go and find it on Twitter or YouTube or anywhere. Oh, it was fantastic. 50-22 was absolutely well, outstanding. Well, part of the fight back was down to Priestland in the way he controlled the game sort of thing. He's kicking from hand mm. sort of thing and uh, just picking out the right people uh, coming in yeah. the pace sort of thing. Like uh, Harry's comes in off his wing, Jason Harry's. He's like a third or fourth choice winger. Um, but big lads and he hits the line well and stuff like that with Mason Grady coming in sort of thing so we've got players that cause people some real problems isn't it but we just yeah. need to maintain it for 18 minutes well, I, I was following the game on Twitter, just following the hashtag on Twitter and when you say about Priestland, there were a couple of tweets that went Priestland's an absolute legend Priestland is a, he's a fucking legend blah 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 and then about two minutes later, they were like, <laughs> Priestland's a fucking liability. And I'm like, um, and you check the timeline, you know, and you go, he's, he's obviously done something really, really well, and then he's fucked something up at some point. They weren't both me, were they? No, no. I, I don't think so, no. <laughs> but, and then the, I think the consistent, um, the consistent bit was uh, Kirby Myhill is a bag of shit, can't throw for toffee. And then I don't know who you brought on as a hooker. I said, oh, that last year, we we bought a hooker on that can throw Evan you know, he, shit as yeah. well. And so... No, no. Mayo played, you know, Mayo, around the park, Mayo, you know, he's had Scarlet's before us, wasn't he, like, isn't it? So, yeah. around the park, Mayo's brilliant, like, he hits the line on, like, wide channels and stuff like that, and, you know, causes, mm. you know, he's got a bit of pace to him as well and good hands, you know, but... Yes, yeah, just just his throwing, but it it has improved. I've got to got to be honest. Um, uh, he's picking out. Um, we, we, to be fair, we're doing a lot simpler lineouts than we have done before. So he's picking out and not continuously throwing to the back when we're missing all the time, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, uh, um, I think yeah, this is the... Daniel's one for the future. Like he he played, mm-hmm. he came on and played in this game, and he played against um, the game I went to uh, Newcastle. Um, I think he jackled the ball. You know, he hit his man in the line out. Like he's uh, one for the future for us, anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem with, with trying to follow a game on Twitter. Is, is yeah. you you never really know what's happening because within within thirty seconds somebody's an absolute legend and somebody needs to be shot and you're like well I'm never really quite sure which way it is. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe that fight of uh, watching the game. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. That, that money for watching the game was well spent in the end, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching it the other way would have been crap. So, um, so let's do Scarlet's next then because we mm-hmm. played after. So we had the opposite. We played well in the first half and then kind of lost it in the second. Um, it's not really much to say. It was it was as we expected with the Scarlet's. It was there was some lovely hands. There was some some. Really decent bits of rugby there. We've just got to string it together for eighty minutes, and and we just don't seem to string it together for eighty minutes. And if we did, you know, if we 
if every pass went to hand, we'd be putting you know ten tries against everyone because the 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 creativity, the imagination, mm. the vision is there. It's just the execution isn't quite. It's coming. It's better than what it was at the start of the season, and the scrum is holding up, and the line out is okay. There's still a couple of issues, but it was it was okay to watch. It was the second half wasn't the most exciting, and I thought that we should have probably scored the fourth, you know, gone for the bonus point and and kind of gone a bit more um, cutthroat in certain places. But you know, come away with the home home fixture for the next round, so. Mm. You know, his job done. Can't fault that, can you? Can't fault that. He went out and did the job, won the game. Yeah. It was it was a bit of a whimper. You know, it was a bit of a. You know, we we with the Ospreys game where everything was on those that last minute and everything was on that last try. Where we pretty much had the game wrapped up by half time. As I was on my second second bottle of wine by the end of the second half. You know, it didn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? So it was job done. It was. Done. Do you know? I tell you what, I haven't got it at. So the next round, I think, is like first or second of April, something like that. So I've got tickets for a, a comedy gig on the first, and the boys go into South Africa on tour on the third. So on the second, I'm driving them up to the fucking airport. So whatever day it's on, I'm not watching. <laughs> um, so Just the way got, the cookie comes. Ah, what a bastard. But there we go. So, Jamie, Dragons, talk to us about Ross Moriarty's 50th appearance in a Dragons shirt and the, the three minutes that it lasted. Yeah, yeah I, I actually, in all seriousness, it's pretty shitty what happened to him. So, um, it was his 50th appearance. I mean, first of all, he didn't get to do it to Ronnie Parade, where he should have been. He had to do a, a stramonic on the training paddock. Mm. And then I think it was the first five minutes uh, he came off. Um, it turns out he's torn his ear and suffered concussion. So it's a really shit way to bring up your fiftieth appearance for the Dragons. So what, and, what did um, he do? I didn't see. I didn't see the report of what he did. I just. I thought he had done his shoulder or something. Lions player went up the air, caught the ball, and as he sort of went fall back to the ground, Moriarty went steaming in, and um, he just bad connection. Is it? Head on to hip, I think it was. Yeah. Um, as soon as the player just landed on the ground, the Moriarty was his head was on the wrong side, just a bad connection. Um, yeah. Poor technique more than anything. But um, yeah, he had to come off, and uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. But um, I think that just sums up the first half. I mean, I don't want to use this cliche because it's awful and I hate it, but it really was a game of two halves. Um, the first half was an absolute disaster. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, fair play to the Lions, though, they were very clinical. You know, they they came to play. They brought their strongest team. They weren't fucking about, you know. They came to play. Um, their fly-off, Jordan Hendricks said, the one that David was all about doing. I mean, he's fantastic. He has got one hell of a boot on him, that bloke. Absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, 27-5 down at half-time. You're thinking this could be a 50-60 pointer. But um, fair play, the second half was a lot different. Um, we showed a lot of fight, a lot of character. The replacements made a big difference. Um, Rodri's back, which is great. Um, I never want to see Lewis Jones start another game for the Dragons for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm picking on the guy, but I'm sorry. He's, he's not up to this level. He's Bosch Premiership standard. And hopefully now Rodri's back and he'll cement starting scrum off. The one thing that really did please me was Leon Brown. 
because he made a big impact off the bench. Obviously, you know, he'd been called into the Six Nations squad. It was a surprise to all of us. We didn't really know how fit he was because the Dragons refused to put a timeline and a return date on it in public. Um, I was saying to David, he looks massive. He has really he did, bulked up. He looks thing, huge. When he, even when he like came running onto the pitch, like I had to take a second look and go, you know, is that him? Because yeah. it was like... He was everywhere. It's it's back, shoulders, neck, arms. You know, yeah, it's like he had two he carried... strapped together to, to <laughs> yeah. get him round him. Do you know what I mean? It was, what a wonderful time to have a three come back so strongly, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if Gatland was watching that, he'd be very, very happy because Leon scrummaged well, which is important. But he also carried well. He just looked hungry right from the get go. Um, but yeah, it was just a disaster that second half. Uh, sorry, the first half. Left us with a mountain to climb, um, going problem. But our scrum is a big, big problem, and it failed again. And I don't want to be too critical of um, Lloyd Fairbrother because he's got some really, you know, personal problems that were like personal issues off the pitch. Um, but I'm afraid to say Rob Evans. So I really do like Rob Evans, but he's made very little impact since he's arrived mm-hmm. from the Scarlet. So that's very disappointing. Um, our front row really struggled. But the encouraging thing was the replacement front row who we brought on, Aki Salui, the highest <laughs> penalty <laughs> machine in the URC. He actually came on and played well. Again, scrummaged decently, played well. Brody Coughlin, the young hooker. And I don't know how much you've seen of this guy. I'm getting excited about him because I think he looks a really good prospect. Every time he's come off the bench for the Dragons, he's looked really good. He looks mm-hmm. a promising talent. And um, I'm just thinking, oh, with Bradley going to Wales, he's going to get some maybe starting opportunities now. And I think that'll be really good for his development. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's just a shame, you know, that Dave Flanagan said after the game, you can't give giving team, can't keep giving teams 20 points, 30 points head starts. Um, he's right, you know, because for the endeavour we show in the fight, you know, we've got to be better starting games. You know, we got to put in a, a full 80-minute performance at the moment. We're just letting teams get way ahead of us and then we're having to you know, climb a mountain, and it, it can't be like that every game. We've got to set the tempo right from the off. I don't know what happened in that first half, but we looked sluggish. You know, we, we looked, you know, ill prepared. And no doubt the disruption of having to go to Western Manor would have played part. I know you're thinking, well, they train there every day. It shouldn't be an issue. But I, I think it was a big uh, disruption. I, and I think it's a big disadvantage for Dragons to have to go up there and play. You know, and I, I'm not going to say as we played a Ronnie, we would have won because there's no guarantees of that. But um, I, I do think it played a big part uh, in our problems. It would have been but, a different uh, atmosphere, wouldn't it, at Rodney Parade? And that, oh, absolutely. That, that, that could yeah. make a difference in a game. But, see, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realise what David was saying earlier. We, you had to like nominate the, like a second pitch. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, I didn't know. Where, where's everybody's second pitch? You know, to Cardiff, go back to, I don't know, Cardiff City Stadium? Do they go to the Millennium Probably, Stadium? Probably, yeah. You know? Yeah. Do, where where the where do the Ospreys go? They'd have to go to the Knoll, or I mean, you, that's a big difference going from the. I don't know, where Scarlets would go. I mean, we haven't got anywhere else. You know, where 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 the hell would we'd have to play it on the bloody Colog Cigar bloody four G pitch? You know, it's. Um, I think Ospreys would play Bridgend, wouldn't they? Because they have played some pro games at Bridgend, so I dare say that would probably be rather than the Knoll. Disappointing as the result was with the defeat, because we came so close at the end, it would have been a brilliant fight back. 
know, we did get two bonus points of it, so we have qualified for the last 16. So it, right. it's job done from that regard. But, um, yeah, just very disappointed that, uh, you know, we can start well and we keep falling off games. So we've got to be a lot better. You know, but, we start games and we've got to put in an 80-minute performance. But to be fair, when you were on top, the amount of high tackles again, the, the, you know, you were you were attacking in their twenty-two, and it was high tackle after high tackle, and, and the referee was like going advantage, 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 and then I think it went for a line out or whatever. I counted three high tackles, you know, yeah. but and and you're like, okay, well now you bring them back and you you start from there, you don't go. Oh, Naughty! Don't don't do that again. Don't annoy teacher. You know, it's three high tackle, and with everything in the game at the minute, um, you know, there's common sense high tackles like you were talking about, Reese. You know, like okay, it's a yellow card because it is high, but it's not, you know, it's not a red card. And yeah. then you've got the, the the dragons one. Is it like um, the week before where um. Uh, the cheaters guy jumped into um, our guy's head. So, you know, that was a yellow card because it's not a red card sort of a thing. And the tackles that were coming in against the Dragons, they they were probably worse because they were aggressive tackles and they, they were high and they, they were hitting them down. Like, you know, it's a, I just, it's disappointing to see the level of... Um, the, the the level of inequality between games. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. It's either high yeah. or it isn't, and it's it's something that we'll have to talk about in the future. With all the, you saw the the fuss around the English game changing their rules about high tackling and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's a waste of time. Yeah, I definitely thought Dragons were one of the at least one of their players should have been off, and there should have been a couple of penalties right in front of the posts, and you know they, they should have been. It, it would have made life a lot easier for the Dragons. Anyway. One of their players did get yellow carded um, mm. on the 64th minute, so they did see a yellow card. I do agree. I think they got away with a lot of uh, high shots and mm. offsides, actually. I thought they were living offside at times, the Lions. But we mm. can't keep blaming the ref. You know, it's, it was our own fault. We gave them too comfortable a head start. We gave ourselves a mountain to climb, and the game was was won in the first half, really, for the Lions, and we came so close. We were so much better mm. in our second half. But you go ask yourself, why couldn't we play with our intensity in the first half, you know? But uh, I think that's more to do with the replacements coming on. But um, like I said, job done, two points, um, away to Glasgow next, which, uh, well, it looked like being too long for a little while, but um, yeah. she just beat him Poe right at the end for that kick, means we're going to Glasgow. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be very that's a difficult. difficult. Trip, isn't it? Yeah, oh, of course difficult. it is, yeah. Whether it was too long or Glasgow, it's, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if we'd won, we would have been at home to Rasa 92, which again is, you know, <laughs> just absurd. But the fact is, we would have been at home, and as David pointed out earlier, it would have been a bit of a money spinner because I would have yeah. loved to have seen Finn Russell and, you know, Christian Wade and him off and all that at Ronnie Craig. They would have been brilliant. But uh, yeah. the main thing is, we're in the last 16. And let's not forget, a couple of weeks ago, my Dragons hadn't won a game in Europe for three years, you know? Yeah. So credit where's to yeah, we are moving fantastic. Yeah. forward I, I watched a bit of Finn Russell on, on Saturday uh, he's uh, good yeah. that sort of thing he, he, he's super listening to it, yes Finn well, the magician did you see the Exeter Castro game so I, I sent you boys the, the, yes. the picture of the so at one point in the uh, at the end of the first half Castro had 
all three of their back row off the pitch on cards. So, you know, it's they'd won red, two yellows, and Exeter didn't score while the three players were off the pitch. Didn't score. But it was... Well, uh, I will say about that game, now you mentioned it, um, Dav Jenkins and Chris Chunza yeah. were very, very good. Now they are two big, exciting young talents they are, and they fair play to them. I thought they were excellent again. They're developing yeah. well at Exeter, aren't they? Well, this year, so I, I would love to see both of those boys come back to the Scarlets, just because that's, that's the way it is. But somebody said, oh, no, leave them at Exeter because, you know, they're getting development and stuff. I think Exeter have lost 10 players so far for next season. You know, all of their big yeah. names have gone. I can't see Rob Baxter kind of hanging around it. If, if an offer comes in for Rob Baxter to go somewhere else, I'd say he'd go. Just because I know he's committed to the club and I know he's he's built it up from nothing. But when you've built it up from nothing, you've got to the peak. You know, you've you've won the European Cup. Did they win the European Cup or did they get to the final? They did, yeah. Yeah, yep, you, so you, you've got to that level and now your feet are kind of, that rug is taken away from you and your players and you can't do anything to stop them because of the money and that's all out of your control. You know, I wouldn't yep. be surprised to see somebody somewhere go, well, here's a bit of cash, come and do that here sort of a thing. And, uh, you know, that might be the start of a very slippery slope for, for Exeter. You, you, yeah, well, you... I, I was about to say that. I wonder what will happen to them because the the mm. manner in which they climbed up to the top, isn't it? Like because they 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 came to the the English Premiership the same time as uh, London Welsh, and mm. I remember London Welsh like got rid of their entire squad or the majority of it. They brought in big names like Piri Weepu, um, uh, the the old All Blacks from Arth and stuff like that, and then like. Uh, but Exeter kept like a nucleus of their championship side and then just augmented it and just improved, improved, improved. And I, I think I, I, I think London Welsh lost like every game that season. I think yeah, was Roland Phillips, wasn't it? Roland Phillips is coach. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it'd be, I, I, well, at some point, you know, same with Raffle, they, they, they've got to come home if they want to stay playing uh, for Wales. You know, where does if Tommy Raffle wants to come home next season, where does he go? Because all four sides have got international open sides and, and really good ones too. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, like the best around. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I think Cardiff have got fifteen open sides, haven't you? I think you, you, we breed them. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It, it's that's a hard call for him to come home. Same as. Reese Amit. At some point, Reese Amit's going to have to come home if he wants to keep playing for Wales. And, you know, all of us have got top-class wingers. So, you know, difficult. I know we talk about... Amit's next decisions. level, though, isn't he? Like, you know, doing it, is it? He is, but then where do you bring him in? You know, if you spent five years developing, you know, wingers and people like Rio Dyer and people like, um, you know, Steph Evans is at the end of his career now, but, you know, do you know what I mean? You you spent a lot of time, like Combia, Combia spent all of his life coming through Scarlet's. Do you then bring in Reef Samet and go, well, actually, there's no contract for you, son? You know, I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd stick with my player that I've developed. So, yeah. Anyway, we digress, gents. We, well, I digress. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but, I like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's quickly run through um, predictions for for this weekend then. So I haven't got this written down in front of me, 
Um, and I'm doing it from memory. So who did Carwin say the Ospreys are playing? Zebra. Zebra. So yeah. Osprey Zebra. Osprey's missing 15 players, is it? 16 players plus injuries. The Zebra, I'm not sure how many Zebra players are in the Italian squad, but um, what's your thoughts? They have a way to Zebra, though. Bear in mind, they're not in Swansea, mm. so it'll be tricky. Yeah. To do I it think quite, yeah, because Leinster went their first game of the season and nearly tripped up, didn't they? And so, mm. and we got handed our ass on a plate out there. So you, you kind of yeah, you can't that's... underestimate them uh, as how good they are. So what do we think of Ospreys and Zebra score for this weekend then? I well, <laughs> they got a strong squad, don't they? Like they're probably one of the strongest. Uh... But with the strongest of the, the four regions. So I'll go for, I'm going to put my neck out and go for an Osprey by five. Ooh. It's a tricky place <laughs> to go, but they see mm. Brad, you know, early, early signs of uh, growth were, were, were badly sort of reported. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay, what's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, they're two depleted side, as you said. Zebra are going to be depleted. Italian nationals, yeah. Ospreys for Wales. So I do think Ospreys will win, but I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a, a runaway victory by any stretch of imagination. I'll probably go for the same as Risachi, Ospreys by five. Mm. Okay. So Carwin's not here. So I'm going to go Ospreys by one. <clears throat> and then we'll yeah. move on. <laughs> well, certainly. I feel it's growth. personal growth thing. <laughs> it's only because Carwin's not here. If Carwin was yeah. here, I'd say Zebra going to bat here. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, th- I think I, I'm going to say it's it's so difficult to predict games like this because you know you never know who's going to turn up. You never know how it's going to affect this idea. You know, Ospreys have lost a whole front row plus two of their replacements you know so that's that's a matter when when you base your game around your forwards and then you lose your your pack you know it's um it'll be interesting to see because whichever pack now comes on you know that's the the team that the ospreys will be kind of developing and building for the next three to four years so yeah be interesting so i'll i'll go watch Oh, Junior, no, I can't repeat it. No, I've said it yeah. once. That's, that's, enough. <laughs> that's, that's enough for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give myself a pat on the back. Well By the end of the season, I expect that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself a goal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, who were Cardiff playing again? Cardiff. We're away to Leinster. Leinster, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Leinster. Um, exciting. Um, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we're not going to win. I, I can't see it. So, sorry, Cardiff. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say Leinster by 10. I think just the, the strength of their squads, the, the powerful way. They, they were a bit sloppy when I was watching them for the majority of the game uh, on Saturday, but then turned it on and scored three tries in 10 minutes. Uh, some of them. The one, um, uh, I'm not sure if you saw any of the game, but Ring Rose hacks on. Um mm-hmm. Uh, collects the ball and just just Picks just it passes it like that to the winger yeah. to go over for the try. It was superb. Uh, yeah. No, that would be there, but yeah, yeah, I reckon. I'll say yeah, Leinster by fifteen. Oof. Hmm. James, what's your thoughts? 
yeah, Leinster at home. Even without the Irish internationals, they'd be your CT could easily dispatch many other sides in the league. And I think you'll do a job on Cardiff. I'm going to go for Leinster by 20. So I, I think it'll be a bit closer just because Leinster kind of, they've peaked for Europe. Like I say, that, that European game, the, the ground was full. There was like 40-odd yeah. thousand people there to watch that game. It was absolutely... It'd be Aviva as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. It's absolutely ridiculous the amount of people that they, they, they get to go and see a game. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they, they might have peaked uh, and, and very difficult to then maintain that you, you know you you lose so many players and then I know they've got quality coming in but if, if Cardiff are going to do it this is a good week to do it but I, I'm going to go Leinster by like five but I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's not like a, a, a Leinster-ish type of game yeah if Cardiff can break them up I think there's a there's a mm-hmm. strong chance that they could nick it but say it's our first week. It's the week the week before the Six Nations, and you you just never know what team's going to turn up and and how it's going to go. So, but I'm going to go Leinster by five. There we go, Leinster yeah. by five. And boys, hope hope that Leinster do it now because if Cardiff do do it over there, like isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if we witness something with sharks, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jamie, Dragons away in Glasgow, did you say? No, home. Home, home. in Glasgow, home against Glasgow. Yeah. So they, they had a bit of a, a crappy European kind of fixture and then they came good at the end, didn't they? Am I right? Yeah. Or was that Edinburgh? No, you're about Edinburgh, you are. I think no. So what's your thoughts on Glasgow then? Uh, well, you know, they're going to be depleted as well, and they were the Scottish internationals in camp. Dragons aren't as affected by call-ups as the other regions, but they are vulnerable in key areas. I mean, you know, how is the scrum going to go? Are, are they going to come out and play awful in the first 40 like they've been doing on so many occasions? I honestly don't know. But then having said all that, I just got a feeling that we're going to win this, and that's a very dangerous thing to say for me as a Dragons fan. <laughs> very dangerous. <laughs> But I, I, I actually think the Dragons will nick it. I think we'll win by three points. And I don't know why. There's no logic to it or any reason. I just think I got a feeling we're going to win by three. I love the like optimism. It's what I based my entire life on <laughs> watching career like yeah. so You want to get yourself a 12-pack of that peanut butter beer, mate, because uh, <laughs> it's doing you some good stuff. Reese, <laughs> 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 what are you reckoning? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I gotta go for Glasgow. I think like a strong side. Um, they will lose a load of their, their players, I know, but uh, I go for Glasgow by five. Mm. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, Glasgow by five. Just, I, I would love to see Dragons turn them over. I mean, think so much. Them, yeah. yeah, but so much of it depends on that scrum, and it's yeah. just when Leon Brown is coming back, and you and you think, all right, there's something there to build on, and he's away with the Wales camp, and you're like. Yeah, you're back to to where you were before, but yeah, it's it, it'll be. I think it'll be closer than most people give credit for. But I think, um, yeah, Glasgow by five for me on that one. And then, so Scarlets have got Bulls at home. I think we've got all four South African teams over the space of the Six Nations. I think somebody told me that the other day. I didn't check it to to verify it, but. 
Yeah, that's a bit of shit. Um, yeah. Bulls not affected by the Six Nations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strange that. Which kind of, it's little bits like this that it does kind of, I love having the South African sides in, in the URC. I think it's, it, it, it ups your game. It's, it's fantastic. And then you're like, well, yeah, actually, maybe that season's not working out particularly well at, at this point. But, you know, we're not as affected by it by uh, in the same way as the Ospreys are. Um, we've got Johan Nicholas to cover um, Halfpenny at fullback. We've got four or five up-and-coming uh, hookers that can step in where Ken is. And we've got depth at, at Scrum Half as well. Gareth Davies is actually playing really, really well since he's come back from injury. So, yeah, I'm not too bothered by it. Um, I still think it'll be a close game, but I think even with our full strength side out, we'd we'd struggle. Um, I just hope a little bit of the positivity from the European fixtures is kept with us, and we can, you know, some of those fifty-fifty passes will stick. Um, and we didn't get a card last week. You know, <laughs> I think it's the first time this season where we didn't get a card. So, um, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go Bulls by two. Oh God! I predicted an Ospreys win and a Scarlets loss on the same fucking podcast, boys. <laughs> Jesus Lord! I'm going to need to lie down in a dark room. Reese, what, what do you think? I, I I'm going to say Bulls uh, power. I think they lost the weekend. Uh, they won't, won't want to do that again. Uh, so I'm going to say Bulls by ten. Ten. James, I think if Bulls come. The park of Scots for you loaded. I think Scots are in big trouble because their pack will obliterate you. And they will, because their scrum is ridiculous. I see that for myself with Rodney Parades, they've been going very well and they're big boys up front. Um I think Bulls will win this quite comfortably. I think it'd be too powerful for the Scots and go for Bulls by fifteen. Oh, and on that note then. <laughs> 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 if it's full strength, I was thinking Jamie's just predicted a dragon's win. Hang on, here we go. We might, we might get something. Oh no, no, we're gonna get pummeled. Oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> All right, gents, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening, as always. We, uh, yeah, nice um, nice. yeah and yeah, it was good. really good to, to start the evening with them. Um, with Mr. Buttress. It seems that seems like a really long time ago already, doesn't it? Just... Well, yeah. <laughs> but, um uh, yeah, thank you for your time, gents, and we shall catch up again and do it all again next week. All the very best. Nice, lads. All the best. Have a good week. Ta-da. Enjoy your gents. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on Welsh Regional Rugby Pod at Gmail. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.